It was the year of fans. The year of newbies. The year we reviewed the show we love. It was the year of predictions. The year of great feedback. The year of puns. And the year of memes. It was a new season. It was a podcast of future history. It was a year absolutely nothing changed. The year is 2015. The show down below. Hello again. <laughs> no, Take two. Started, yeah. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Down Below, a Babylon 5 intro cast. I'm Will. I'm Ann. I'm Heidi. And I'm Beth. Today we are pleased to be joined on this penultimate episode of Season 4 by a returning visitor, Jason. I'm sorry, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> Jason. That was exactly like Jason. The part of Mitch will be played by Jason this week. <laughs> oh, how funny. I always said that because Beth said I'm throwing her under the bus this time. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not even looking at anybody's name on the thing. Um, so how are you, Mitch? <laughs> Highly amused. I'm good. How are you? Uh, good, good. Thanks for joining. I like saying the word. Okay, am I the only one like he that he sounds like Jason? Um, no, I can hear it. Okay, okay. <laughs> sorry, Mitch. So sorry. <laughs> no problem. Yes, I love the word penultimate, and this is a doozy of an episode. It is. Mm. It's like, where do we go from here? Yeah, lots of stuff to discuss. I know. Is, is that, that a Buffy reference? Finale? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Almost. So, almost. Yeah, almost. <clears throat> you know... We're almost to the end of the fourth season. I still don't know whether to say "and I'm Beth" or just "I'm Beth." Because <laughs> I, I don't know. It's like a, in my mind every time I would go "and I'm Beth" or just "I'm Beth" and then wait for the next person. It's very weird. I still want to. Sounds say like it. you're asking a question. You're not sure what your name is. Yeah, it's like well, do, is, so it's it's the guest going to go right after me, and if I say "and," then it's like weird. But no, oh, it's all right. Uh, testing, testing. Okay, <laughs> just trying to see where my volume level was. Um, today we are here to discuss episode twenty-one of season four, Rising Star. But first, an ISN special report. This is an ISN special report. As reported earlier, we have learned that second-in-command of Babylon 5, Susan Ivanova, was able to survive life-threatening injuries sustained near the end of the war. We've learned that Ranger Marcus Cole may have played a part in her recovery. Mr. Cole could not be reached for comment. There's been much speculation as to what really happened. Do Rangers have access to technology that we don't? Will they be sharing this technology through the Interstellar Alliance? When we know more, we will report it here. This has been an ISN special report. 
You like cheap comic books, right? Well, I'm Professor Allen, and I talk about cheap comic books on the Quarterbin Podcast. In every episode, I'll dissect a single comic from my collection, as long as I paid no more than 25 cents for the issue. Forget about $4 new comics that you can read in four minutes, or crossover events that can cost 100 bucks to collect. Join me in the Quarterbin, where even bad comics are a bargain, and good ones are a steal. The Quarterbin Podcast is part of the Relatively Geeky Podcast Network. Visit us at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com or search Relatively Geeky or Quarterbin Podcast in iTunes. I guarantee it'll be worth every penny. So, Rising Star originally aired October 27, uh, 1997. It was directed by Tony Dow, who directed Moments of Transition, and it was written by JMS. That's new. <laughs> that never happens. <laughs> so can we talk about, like, the whole background stuff that was going on at this time? Yes, like, we're going to talk about that. I was okay. going to save some yeah. of that till next week, but I just decided. No. I, I talked to now. Ian earlier. I talked to, yeah, I messaged Ian earlier. We're going to get into some yeah, of that. Yeah, so, we'll hit some of it this <laughs> week. There'll be a couple of things next week, but most of it really has to be done this week. Because it's uh, so weird that this, you know, this is the penultimate, not the ultimate episode. It's just <laughs> odd. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, they had shot an episode to go after this, but when they got renewed, they had to shoot a new one. So you'll get an episode mm. next week. That you will get an episode next week. Really quickly, this is, yeah. This is probably how people felt uh, after the season for a penultimate episode of Buffy. Where it was mm, like, okay, yeah. well, it's all wrapped up. What are they doing next week? <laughs> yeah. Hey, if they give us a restless, I'm good. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it will be interesting to see what you make of it, because if you get a chance, I think you need to do a commentary on it. Yeah, we, we can do that. Yeah, because I might as well tell you this now. It's Next week's episode, episode is the very <laughs> first episode of Babylon 5 I ever saw. Oh, okay. And I was intrigued by what they did in that episode to go, what the hell is this story all about? So I had how to go the, back. How in the world had, did you watch that episode first and keep it straight in your head? Because of... What the I can't go into it until we go <laughs> talk about it next week, but yeah, the way my brain works, yes, it made sense in my head. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. But I, I wanted say, to know more yeah. about this story, so I went uh, back and found out more, you know, and started. Uh, well, started where I could. Um, didn't quite watch most of the series one. I kind of started in season. Two with a couple of episodes here and there of season one, and then went forward again from there. Yeah, this episode first, <laughs> I'm dying to see next week's episode again. I've been oh yeah, like yeah, six years, so I'm dying to see it again. Um, but we're talking about this week's episode. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so recap. So this episode starts with ISN. Does Jane still seem a little emotional? <laughs> uh, but <laughs> like, I think yeah. 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 It depends on how you want to view this. The previous episode ran long, and the beginning 
part with Jane was actually supposed to be part of last week's episode. Okay. And this episode ran short, so they moved it. They cut and paste that part from that episode to this episode. Ah, uh, I can see mm. it. I can see it being at the end of last week. Yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they've confirmed that Clark took his life and his body was left in place. But I distinctly remember... Um, what's her name? Senator having his body taken away. She like waved it out. So did they just put? It back? Yeah, but they brought it back in for the uh, press. <laughs> the they brought it back, put a sheet and a, and a sign over its neck. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, it's all theater, isn't it? I mean, really bad high school theater. <laughs> That's true. We don't I mean, actually. Somebody's know like, I need to that. write a sign. Can yeah, somebody get true. me on something to put it around his neck? That's true. Was that really Clark? And there was a lot more blood than we saw last week. So there's just yeah. some blood on there just to make it look <laughs> Conspiracy theories. Oh. <laughs> Where's Jesse Ventura when you need him? It's just somebody like a crew member. They're like, dude, get under the sheet. Here's some ketchup. Uh, squeeze it down there. Um, although we do get. Uh, after this, uh, a great introduction to our new president, Luchinko. Yeah, who's yes. surprisingly young. She I mean, is. Yeah. Of Earth. She, yeah, she's from the Russian consortium. Like, what is she? What yeah, is she, doing she was before? a senator from a, the Russian consortium. Okay, <laughs> I was like, they just uh, the way I think, <laughs> the way I think of it is, there were so many corrupt politicians above her that she was kind of. Like um, Roslyn was 43rd in line to president, everyone else above him was killed. <laughs> in this case, everyone about, above uh, uh, this president, um, Lachenko, he was basically corrupt and kind of was arrested. So, yeah, you, you, you're left in charge. I can see that. Lachenko uh, just wants to let the courts handle everything, and Jane um, mentions that Second in command on Babylon 5, Susan Ivanova. Is that her name? Oh my gosh. <laughs> he said it wrong, and then so did the so did the person in med lab. And I was like, what's going on? I wonder if that was done on purpose, you know? Because it is Probably. a hard name to pronounce. If you don't know how it's... Yeah. Yeah. Um, like Zach. Zach doesn't pronounce it correctly either. Yeah, he says it differently. Oh, sure I was like... Yeah. <laughs> Zach's got a thick Brooklyn accent, though, doesn't he? Yeah, it's a New York kind of accent, isn't it? Yeah. Sure, that's what it is. I don't know. Yeah, okay. You're, you are watching these episodes on the DVDs, is that right, ladies? Yeah. Yes. Okay, once you see next week's episode, then you can go into the bonus features and watch the blooper reel. Okay. Uh, Jane, Jane, the ISN anchor could not do the word Ivanova. It took her like 25 tries to get through Ivanova. It's so adorable. Okay, so it wasn't on purpose. No, she could not get through the line. I hear birds chirping. It's pretty cool. (laughs) I hear that too. Um, So, yeah, we see Franklin on the White Star rushing to get back to Babylon 5. 
All I know is you see a close up of Franklin's face and he's like, faster, faster. Like, what are you doing, Franklin? We, we can't see your hands. What are you doing? <laughs> oh. <laughs> it made me think of Rocky Horror Picture Show. Slowly, slowly. <laughs> it's too nice a job to rush. <laughs> <laughs> In Med Lab, the staff finds Marcus cuddled with Susan. Okay, can we just talk about this for a minute? Yes. Not the Marcus Marcus and Susan part. The horrible acting of the woman that's carrying the tray. Thank you. She drops the tray. She drops the tray. It reminded me of the episode Chrysalis when it's New Year's Eve and somebody sees Garibaldi passed out in an elevator, so she starts screaming. Like, really? Is that really what is going to go on? You've got a med tech who's obviously trained here. It looks, for all intents and purposes, as though Marcus is sleeping and Susan is a patient there. So she drops the tray. Really? Yeah, that's that's exactly (laughs) what I thought. I was like, that does not look bad. I mean, nobody's disfigured. And yeah. No, not at all. Makes me wonder if uh, they just started getting random crew members since they thought they were at the end. I don't know. Maybe they just picked up extras off the street. Yeah. That could be. When they filmed this, they thought there was only one episode to come and the series was over. Yeah. Yeah. So they they were wrapping things up. So maybe they did have staff show up. Who knows? <laughs> um, uh, What show was it that I like where they got a lot of like non-professional actors? Uh, I can't remember. Um, anyway. So Sci-Fi after- Channel? Oh, <laughs> like it Sharknado? Um, no, it was like a long time. It was been longer than that. Um, okay. Uh, after the opening credits, after the end of history, so uh, Franklin's, <laughs> Franklin's <laughs> being updated on everything, and he comes across a Susan who is crying. I love this scene. Yeah, she wonders why he did it, and... Franklin says he must have gone through a lot of security overrides just to find out about the um, device. All we saw him do was just do a Google search. He must, <laughs> no kidding. He must be logged into some kind of special <laughs> security overrides. Yeah, she oh, said, oh, although um, Franklin probably put in those security things whilst he was... Um, High on uh, the what's it drugs? Stems. Stems. Yeah. On, on the stems. So he thought he put a password <laughs> protocols <laughs> in. He, he just, yeah. Just he didn't bother. It, yeah. Uh, everybody hallucinates when they don't sleep, right? Or is it just me? Um, I think maybe you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was a said, really good scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She could feel herself letting her body go, but then all of a sudden she was being pulled down and she woke up and saw them attached to the machine. She could hear him say, I love you. And um, she talks about her relationship problems, but she knew that Marcus was never, would never hurt her or leave her. And she loved I like how him. Franklin was agreeing with that she had a relationship problem. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know he was pointing things out. <laughs> He was Thanks trying to appease her, but still, Franklin really. Well, Franklin just lost his boyfriend too. <laughs> That's true. Oh yeah. yeah, so sad. Um, okay, guys, this was like this was really bad and sad and horrible because up until this point, I wasn't convinced that Marcus was going to die. 
I'm still not convinced, Heidi. <laughs> and well, I think it happened. Oh, I Uncle, hope, but Uncle I think he was news. there covered on the table. I know. He didn't have a sign over his neck, good news. Don't spoil. Don't spoil. No, it's not a spoiler <laughs> because they need to know this. And it's only officially revealed on screen very briefly at the very end of the series. So I'm not... I. I this is a non-spoiler as far as I'm concerned. He's dead, but not dead. Officially, okay. officially he's considered dead. But you will see at the very end a screenshot of him in cryo-suspended animation. He's basically been put on ice indefinitely until technology can be found to revive him. He might as well be dead. Wow. <laughs> Um, and (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I I think you needed to know now rather than be, you know, that be up in the end air until you know the end. Rather than us predicting that Marcus is out there somewhere (laughs) for the next 23 (laughs) episodes, (laughs) Uh, he's not coming back. Okay, oh, that's horrible. Yeah. But why did they do that? Why did they leave it like un? I just don't like that. They if they're gonna kill him, kill him off. I know at the end he's of gonna be episode. dead. Have him be dead. Yeah. Well, he's uh, kind of JMS. Kind of had told uh, the actor who plays Marcus, "I'm not going to kill you off. Don't worry." <laughs> so when he did have to kill him off, he basically did the this whole thing of, "Well, I've not exactly killed you off." You are still technically alive. If he he was only mostly dead, then (laughs) use the machine on him again. (laughs) Um, I've got a theory, though. My theory is... My my personal fan theory is if Legends of the Rangers had actually continued to a series, Marcus would be revived in Legends of the Rangers. That was okay. Oh, really? mm-hmm. okay. Makes That's sense. my personal bad theory. But he, then he, he would have just, I mean, he would have had to find somebody else. <laughs> his, his true love, Ivanova, wasn't going to be in that, probably, mm. I'm assuming. I have to why assume. Why not? I why don't know, because it doesn't I sound mean, like... If they would bring him back, why not bring her back? It doesn't it... sound like her kind of show. <laughs> it really doesn't. Yeah. We'll see. Ivanova... Um... Well, that's not actually a show, right? No, it was, it just was a, a yeah, but it was, it was a pilot. pilot. Oh, okay. It's uh, still a movie, like, though. Yeah, <laughs> a really horrible movie, <laughs> and we're gonna watch it. Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> we'll be glad there's to see Marcus only, back. There's only one horrible scene in the movie. Is it a battle scene? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, that. <laughs> that yeah. Scene, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I'm glad that Ivanova actually like addressed the fact that she knew that Marcus loved her. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they never really addressed that directly. Yeah, at she all. would no, just kind don't. of avoid the subject. And, mm-hmm. yeah, she the closest she I, yeah, the closest <laughs> I ever got was Ivanova. Um, saying she had, you know, she could remember what she said to her, him and thank you for the compliment. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, it was almost as subtle as the Talia Ivanova relationship, where she just don't talk about it. But then, <laughs> was, but she does wish she had 
buffed him one time. Sorry to steal a quote. <laughs> so do we. So did he. <laughs> <ever>. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. It's not. Uh, Never mind. I'm not going there. <laughs> oh. No, we're not talking about Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were married. <laughs> Okay, so Lundo and Jakar. Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> That's all we're going to talk about? It? That was a, yeah. that was an amazing scene. Yeah, it was, it was. an amazing scene. I, I, I was waiting for you guys to say more. Because Even Franklin, you know, came across very well, you know, in that scene. Um, Except for when he was, like, <laughs> egging her on in the relationship. Right, she was like, yes. <laughs> for the most part. I remember... Did you um, s- Claudia Christian saying that um, she was kind of glad that the storyline at the end gave her a chance to stretch her acting muscles because I think she kind of wasn't being used that much in season four. Uh-huh. That yeah. scene was, she was really long, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it mm-hmm. seemed like she had to cry for a really long time. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, and unlike in other series where people go, she really was crying and she, yeah. she was a mess on the floor. I've only seen it done that well in Battlestar Galactica. You know, when someone's uh, on the floor, curled up and just bawling. Yeah, I really, I mean, I just, I thought it was very good to get that out there. And I like some of the stuff she said. Like, I really loved her line, all love is unrequited. Because you can take it multiple ways. I mean, you can take it like a cynical kind of view. Or you can also take it as a very, like positive point of view like love is the end just you know it's like in and of itself love is unrequited because you shouldn't need it to be requited in order to love somebody you know so you can see it in a positive way or you can see it in a cynical way and it's just a great Uh, line and you can also completely understand where she's coming from and that of i'm the one responsible for this unrequited love i should have done something about it yeah, it was just it was just a very I mean, it was just a good scene, you know, it was just like her heartbreak was so visceral and uh I'm glad that she got a chance to talk about it and that he got he got a good morning scene, you know. It's not like mm. a character that dies and you just get a little bit here and there, people sort of sad, like this was like really affecting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it was completely necessary. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, Beth, I feel completely cheated because we have to put up with uh, Garibaldi and Lise. Mm -hmm. And, like, I don't hate Sheridan and Delenn as much as you do. But (laughs) this was, like, my ship. And they (sighs) killed him. And I'm so mad. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. I know. I know. I agree. Like, this was, like... Like having that at the end was almost like a slap in the face to Ivanova and Marcus. Oh. Like, oh, I would watch. Like, I don't care about Garibaldi and Lise. <laughs> oh my at god! All. I don't. I don't at all. At least uh, we have Londo and Dakar. Yes. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we can pull out from, <laughs> that could have been a scene for Marcus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I hear you. There's nobody. There's no shipping right now. Seriously, no. Until Clarence comes back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, they're talking. Comes back. uh, We've already. He'll be back. Oh, okay. (laughs) And what's the opposite of spoiled? Because it's a good. (laughs) It's good news. Yeah, it wasn't a bad thing. 
<laughs> um, yeah, they're talking about Jakar's endurance or something. Londo and Jakar. <laughs> that was just weird. Oh my god! Weird <laughs> premature ejaculation jokes. Oh no! Well, and uh, I think I tweeted this, but um, if they would have had this conversation like two years ago, I would have flattened Londo. <laughs> 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 he just like brushes it off and doesn't say. Yeah, anything. good point. Is Jakar they definitely still... haven't thought. Yeah, is Jakar still a ladies' man, or is he too busy writing his book or whatever and giving speeches? Well, I don't, I don't know. know. I think he's still. Yeah, you know, interested given <laughs> given what he does with his highlighter. Oh yeah. Oh god, true. don't get me started. Yeah. <laughs> so when Jakar leaves, they're on their way to Earth for some reason, and when Jakar leaves, Veer tells Londo that the region is dying and they want Londo to be the next emperor. Lando Again they're wrapping happy. things up here. And it's just as Lady Morella predicted. Yep. But Veer knows about the prediction, right? I don't yes. think... Oh, does he? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, why would yeah. he be so, like, weirded out that Londo wasn't reacting in the right way? Like, well, to me, it, yeah, it just seems... Okay, there's a lot of stuff tied up in Londo becoming emperor now. That's a good point. Well, as much as Veer knows Londo, um, he's still... Yeah, you know, it's a. I don't think uh, Veer fully understands that as much as he used to want being emperor, he really doesn't want to be anymore. <laughs> I thought that was pretty obvious, but yeah, but we, you know, it, it's it's. I think you know, it, it really is one of those things of. It's something that's meant to be so positive, and yet uh, Londo can't even pretend anymore that it's a good thing. So you're trying to say there's something keeping him from being excited? <laughs> About being the emperor? Oh, uh, no, no, no. Not not that close <laughs> to the last conversation. Wait, what? <laughs> Mitch just was making another pun. <laughs> oh, thanks, Mitch. Um, <laughs> You'll see. Um, maybe Jakar's eye was the eye that was prophesized about in season one. I don't remember what the uh. prophecy was. <laughs> it was just something about an you eye. You must save the eye that does not see. Okay. The script yeah. book has the word, has the letter I. The letter but it could I. be, in- oh. yeah. Oh, really? But it could be interpreted either way. But that, well, well, Jakar's eye. Out- Sorry, go. Sorry. Oh, uh. I- go ahead. I was just going to say that Jakar's eye sees too much. <laughs> oh, yes, exactly. Well, that's not his real eye, is it? But still. But we haven't, have we Have we already had that fulfilled prediction? I don't I remember so. now. I think so. I'm just yeah, making a joke. <laughs> I think. But what What was it? Sorry, it was, remind uh, me. The must say the eye that cannot see. What was the thing that happened? That. that Artifact or whatever called the eye that. Um, no, because no, her that was taken. Had, yeah, her the eye was saved before she made that prophecy, so that yeah. had already happened. But yeah, so it was that thing in season one that was taken by the shadows vessels. I mean, they returned to London, so that. Right, is but, a, 
that's that prediction hasn't prophecy. come to pass yet. Well, well, no, part of it, I think, part of it we've already seen, say, the eye of that community. I, yeah, you know, I think that okay. possibly, possibly had to do with um, Dakar's eye. Okay, I've pulled up the speech. You have three chances to avoid the fire that waits for you at the end of your journey. You have already wasted two others. You must save the eye that does not see. You must not kill the one who is already dead. And you must surrender to your greatest fear, knowing that it will destroy you. If at the end you have failed with all the others, this is your final chance for redemption. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> well, Sheridan is the one that was already dead. Yeah, and that second saved one, him in the future. Yeah, that yeah that was fairly fairly clear. But it was don't kill the one who was already dead, right? Yeah. So he was supposed to kill... What? Well, he could be, but... Morden is officially dead. It could have been referring to Morden. But it says he's not dead. You must not kill the person who is already dead. Yeah. But Sheridan died and then came back. And then in the future, Londo decided not to have him killed and to to save him. Yeah. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. true. Yeah. And then, so, it's basically, the other two parts of the prophecy are always what people debate about. Mm, so, never else. quite definitive. No. Everyone always argues over them, even though, you know, it's never really, it's never really clear. hmm <laughs> Because surrendering yourself to your greatest fear, that could have been Lando letting Jakar kill him, because he's always seen his death and he's always feared it. Mm-hmm. Or it could be something else, which I can't go into. Um, or, and then with the other bit of the property, it could be, say, the eye that I cannot see could re- have referred to um, Jakar's eye, or it could refer to something else. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> can we have birds chirping at every episode? <laughs> Is that coming from me or you or what? I don't know. Where's it's not here. Oh, it's mine. It's, it's mine. From here. <laughs> Sorry, it's mine. It's, I'm right yeah. by a window. Um, also, I uh, must have Buffy on the brain because when you guys were talking about the eye, all I could see was uh, that Bell Jox's eye thing that is it Anya and Giles <laughs> go and see. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. But yeah, anyway, Buffy references all around today. I know we haven't That's been doing horrible. a lot of those, so. Time for a Buffy rewatch. Um, so, Bester wants to speak to Captain Sheridan. Oh my god. He says they're good friends <sighs> like Holmes and Watson. Another Rebo and Zooty reference. Um, Was that that uh, co- comedy thing that. Yeah. Sheridan liked, but whoever didn't like it, I don't remember who it was. Yeah, Londo didn't get it. <laughs> okay. Um,. And they talk about what Bester did to Garibaldi, but what Bester really wants to know if it's, is if his lover. Oh my god! I <laughs> <in> my mouth. <laughs> if she was one of the telepaths, and he says he's going to kill Sheridan if he was. If she I had like a up. serious visceral reaction to him saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would like it when you, I heard it. Oh my god. 
Yeah, but uh, Sheridan tells Bester that Carolyn is back on B5, and he couldn't wish, you know, having your lover taken away from you again. One. <laughs> I like how he says that they made sure the people were were single without family, as if the those people are worth nothing. Yeah. Well, how did they figure that out? They're frozen and whatever. Yeah, they're probably thinks Bester's eventually going to try to um, take over the government, like starting a war between telepaths and norms. And, and Oh, you know how much it bugged me that they were just saying that? Like, I want to see that. You can't just say that. <laughs> like, don't talk about it. going to happen in just the future. Do it. Oh. Well, yeah, they, they continue to mention it, don't they? But Sheridan warns that Garibaldi is going to probably turn his attention to Bester once he's finished with his business on Mars. But I kind of like Bester's attitude. Like, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah he really so, doesn't yeah. seem bothered by that at all. Well, he's like a P-12. He could probably, like, fell Garibaldi quickly. I mean, in reality, not in in the show. Because somehow Garibaldi's <laughs> going to prevail. On Mars, we see Garibaldi questioning some guy trying to find out where Lisa is. Personally, for me, this is the worst bits of the episode because it's just uh, another extra who can't act. I had a much better uh, interrogation in Deadpool. And- <laughs> <laughs> like on the bridge? <laughs> You know, in the Deadpool movie where he's trying I know. to get some information, yeah. On the overpass, or which one? Um, just the montage when he's trying to find out where Francis is. <laughs> he's going around asking everyone, like, where's oh, Francis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, in hyperspace, Dylan, congratulations. In what now? What, is, what, what kind of accent were you using there? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let me play that back and try to figure it out. Um, <laughs> yeah, you put she, space. Congratulates <laughs> Lando. And she shows Jakar and Lando this proposal before the rest of the league world gets worlds get there and yeah, Lando's uh, giddy about being in the presence of living such history. A lot, such Lando's a lot so reaction. Yeah. So I thought the League of Non-Aligned Worlds was everybody else but the top four or whatever. Uh-huh. Or the top. But oh, then well, they, they talk of. about it in this episode as being like everybody. Well, that is because they're of. trying to create something that's going to be even where instead of the Minbari being this big master race or the, the Narn or whoever, well, everyone's equal. Yeah, basically before... Um, think of it in a way that you had the United Nations, but you would have, say, the USA, China, and a couple of other nations right at the top, basically dictating what the debates of the era are, and you know everyone else having a you know minor votes, but that you know. You know, the uh, big powers controlling the b- debate and controlling how how things go, whereas this new way of doing things is supposed to be more even and fair. 
Yeah, <clears throat> I just I thought I know it like they changed things, but for the way they were speaking about it, they announced a change, made it seem like the the league was a modern world with everybody. Yeah, it's good because Jakar is like, yeah, we decided to dissolve the leagues. Yeah. But anyway. Um, okay, um, Dilgar. Remember the Dilgar? Um, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> there was an invasion, I think. Yeah, the Dilgar invasion. <laughs> the Death Walker. Jadur. Oh, yeah. <sighs> We're going to do a season one retrospective. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> season one retrospective. <laughs> Just watch it all again. Death Walker! It's kind of like uh, a nice little bit of nostalgia. You know, back when everything <laughs> yeah. was so innocent. <laughs> well, yeah. and you know, when we had uh, Sinclair and Phelan, and we me. hated him so bad, and, and now, <laughs> now it would be actually kind of fun. <laughs> yep. Now, when you go back to season one, you're going to be able to see all those pieces that were set up that you'd never noticed before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all the stuff we're like, wait, that never turned into anything. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, shared a meet with President Luchinko. Oh, yeah. I don't, okay. know. I don't know. Was she a little hard on him? I don't understand. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, I find this scene very interesting. You know, that it's, you know, it's just part of it is her venting at what she's had to go through over the past couple of days because of his actions. Um, I've just had to sit in these meetings full of crazed generals. Half of them will want your head and the other half want to praise you. And she you know, she gives her a little speech there. And then she goes on to this whole thing of you did the right thing, yes, yes, you did, but you did it the wrong way and you made an awful lot of trouble for me. Like, and for the rest the right of us. Way to do it? Yeah, I do. But, uh, I do love how she slips from being the president to being just a person having a conversation with another person. Yeah, she got and then back into the president at the end. Yep. You know, it's kind of she slipped in, as you said, into being a person. But at the end, it was back to being a president. Oh, this is enough conversation. This is a you know demand <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. She. What does she say? Um, oh, a lot of them, they, they knew he was crazy. They knew Clark was crazy, but the, the time was never right to move against yeah. him. Because they were worried about other races jumping in or taking advantage. Other, you mean like other worlds, basically. Yeah. <clears throat> that is so paranoid, but okay. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know if that's like been the case in the in the past or, or what. You just described know. every politician ever. <laughs> I don't know. I thought this was really well written. I liked everything that she said. I just thought the way she did it was a little awkward. I don't know if the actress was a little awkward or what. For me, it didn't quite play as well as it could have. Um, yeah, she was awkward. Um, and some people complained about her accent, but that's that's I think that's her real accent. It is. She's Russian. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't. Re- yeah, and maybe that's what led to some of the awkward ways of reading the lines um, or saying the lines, just some of the, the interesting turns of phrase and emphasis on certain words. Um, but 
the accent didn't really bother me. It was just, I don't know, some of the way that she read the lines. It was sometimes it halted in the middle of the sentence or sometimes she emphasized a word randomly. Um, (laughs) But otherwise, I thought it was really well written. I liked it. I liked the scene. You know, I Uh, thought something similar when I was watching it again. And then I was watching, I don't know, whatever news channel it was. And they showed footage of various presidents making speeches. And they all do the same thing. The U.S. uh, presidents, they halt during their speeches to make emphasis. And they, they emphasize weird words and things like that. It was very similar in fashion to that. So I don't know if that was intentional or if that was just an acting <laughs> wow. choice. We're giving her a lot of credit then. Uh, Obama does that a little bit, and he's, his speeches are much, much better than what she did. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, one thing I really liked in this is, the, you know, the way she, you know, put across a couple of times the whole thing of he did the right thing in the wrong way, in the inconvenient way of... Yeah. You've done all this thing. It might have been completely the right thing to do, but I've got a lo- we've got a load of mess we've got to sort out because of the way you did it. Uh, you you caused a whole load of political fallout that you have no idea you've done, and you're going to have to help me clean that up. Yeah, it was a great word, inconvenient, because it doesn't really place a lot of blame on him, but it just makes it a reality. Like it's pretty inconvenient, you know, the whole situation. Yeah, but realistically, he there was very little else that could be done. And it, I'm not sure there was another way that Clark could have been ousted. Well, and that I, I think that the point is it doesn't really matter, you know? Yeah. Like, they still can't officially condone um, insurrection. I mean, that would be inconvenient and awkward. You know, I guess it's her point. Yeah, yeah definitely. And then again, later on... The words he chooses in the speech later on, um, you know, again, don't place any blame or emphasis on any um, one way of doing things. And, you know, the use of caught up in this particular whirlwind. Well, that um, man of integrity, yes, though, uh, the man of integrity. Uh, those words are true and can be applied to Sheridan, but they can also be read as, you know, they can't overtly be read as sanctioning what he did. Right. Hey, I have a question for you, Heidi. Yes. When you were watching this whole thing, because stuff was going through my mind about what Sheridan was going to do, because they left it kind of like maybe he was going to do something else. What did you think? Did you think he was going to go along with it on the speech, or did you think maybe something else was going to happen? Well, I knew that there was no way that he was just going to bow out and leave, but I didn't know how. Like, I had no no ideas in my head of, like, what was going to happen. I just knew that there was no way that he was just going to be like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll quit and right. be done. Hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't know either. I just, I, in my mind, I was like, well, he's is he going to, like, get up there in full view everybody and just say no i'm not gonna you know leave and just be a total he was just gonna, he was gonna make a, a tony stark speech i am iron man <laughs> oh that would have been interesting <laughs> i am captain sheridan 
And they'd be like, uh, yeah, we know that. So that's that's kind of a mixture between the Iron Man speech and the Harriet Jones thing <laughs> from Doctor Who. <laughs> Although I did know he would give a speech. God. Uh, there are so many speeches <laughs> in this episode. Oh, wow. Um, so he has to resign and his crew will get amnesty. He wants that in writing. And always get it in writing. Yeah. <laughs> and then always announce to the press that it's going to happen. That's right. <laughs> Garibaldi rescues Lise and nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> but he takes the time to make a Daffy Duck bombing thing. Okay, that oh, no. was amazing. That was good. I love that. And, and manages to wrangle a whole squadron of Rangers as well. Right. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but actually rescuing her, nobody cares. Sorry, Lise. And how long has her husband been dead? Seriously, couple of days. <laughs> a couple days, a couple of weeks, maybe, because Jer- uh, Sheridan was taken and um, interrogated after the guy died. And that was yeah. at least a week, right? So not that long is my point. No, exactly. No, okay. No. Um. The scene of the White Star next. Oh, no, I just saw something that said, no, it said this episode takes place from November 3rd to December 31st. Well, that doesn't make sense. (laughs) What? (laughs) I'm not sure I believe that. No, no, that can't make sense. (laughs) Yeah. Where's the the time jump? (laughs) Um. Wait, when, when, so how far away is it supposed to have been taking place? Uh, well, it took place. It's. Yeah. I, I I guess I could see that if you take the very end of the episode, saying there's a big time jump in there, it's possible. Oh, like if he was yeah. on Earth for a long time before they went back to B five, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. But you're reading a. We'd have to be reading a lot into that to make it a, a two month episode. Yeah. <laughs> So on the White Star, Delenn says the League has agreed to the proposal. Lanier wishes Marcus was there. And you know, they talk about what Ivanova said at the end. And Delenn thinks she's wrong. And Lanier's got his own reading into what Ivanova said. And Delenn knows what he's talking about. <laughs> this was stupid. I don't think Lanier should have brought it up. And I don't think Delenn should have told him no love is unrequited. Yeah, uh, but it, it, it's not good for Lanier her saying that because... No, it's like, she's it, not leading him on, but she is... Yeah, I don't know. I, it, she's giving him false hope. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's not really even what she's saying. I mean, like, I... You know, yeah. I can see that, like, she's saying that... Uh, she knows about it and she appreciates it or whatever. But to then to say that to him, then he, yeah, would take it exactly as like, yeah, oh, there's a chance or something. It's uh, not going to do Lanier any good. Mm-hmm. Plus, like, isn't that the stalker mantra? Like, <laughs> <laughs> some love is unrequited, okay? Leave her alone. <laughs> I oh, mean, in the past, it's been, you know, it hasn't been bad that he's got this unrequited love, but 
This kind of seems to be... No, he hasn't. He hasn't it's not been. a good sign. Because yeah. he's been there in the past and he's you know, continued to do his job properly and not let his feelings interfere with anything. No. And then you have this scene and you just get this horrible feeling in your stomach that something terrible is about to happen. And I get like he was, he's like mourning his friend and also seeing that, oh yeah, like Marcus never, it's not that he never let Ivanova know how he felt, but, uh, but I think Lanier probably was thinking, okay, like, you know, I wouldn't want to go out without uh, maybe telling her or something. And so that's where that comment came from. But yeah, it yeah. shouldn't have been said. You should, Lanier, you should go out without. But if she's engaged, <laughs> you should go without right. saying it. She's not engaged. She, at the end of this um, yeah. at the end of this episode, they're married. Well, I know, but, right, but he said engaged. it before that. Yeah, I know. Once you get to like the seventieth ceremony, you shouldn't be professing your feelings. <laughs> it's like it's too late. Um, and also, I have to say that I felt that her—I know it was in good—I know it was in good intentions. Okay, I'm not trying to beat up on Len. but when he says, you know, he's grieving, Lanier is grieving, and he says that you know he's never going to be here. And when she says that he's always going to, you know, his memory will live on if we if we talk about him. That's a nice thought. But don't ever say that to somebody that's grieving. Like, that's just a very pat, you know, it. It. I don't know. I just don't think it's right. Like, you, you shouldn't he, have to grieve because this. Yes, and, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, I think the land, he does miss Marcus, but Marcus and Lanier had clearly had a friendship. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Mark I and mean, Lanier was closer to him. And he was grieving. I mean, in his way, he was grieving. Yeah. So, you know, to say that just right after he says that, it's kind of like a little bit dismissive. Like, but he's still, you know, but he'll still be here. Like, don't be so sad. You know, it's kind of. Yeah. I know, but I know she did it with the best intentions. But I'm just saying people don't say that to people. If yeah. they just lost somebody, just in the future. Sure, then. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're saying. We know. That's what the near should have said. I love you. I love you, but be quiet. Lanier, go and go and grieve with Ivanova. She gets it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. On ISN, they broadcast Luchinko's press conference. She commemorates those who took part and then hands it over to Sheridan. Uh, before she hands it over to Sheridan, I don't know if any of you caught the editing slip up here, but as she's doing her speech, she cut over to Sheridan watching her speech, and she's sitting right next to Sheridan. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Say that one more time? Yeah, during Luchinko's small speech... There's a cutaway to Sheridan watching her speech, and she's sitting right next to him. No way! It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. There's Are two you of sure them. it's not some I random girl that. that looks like her? No, uh, I pre-framed it, and it is her. Either well, that that's or just the weirdest thing Lechenka. ever. Either Lechenka's <laughs> got a double, a twin sister, or it's just a really bad editing mistake. <laughs> that's hilarious. Did she go sit by him when Delenn was talking and Jakar was talking? Is that why? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's where she sat when 
Uh, oh, okay, so they had some footage yeah. of him, and they used his reaction shot, but didn't realize that she was in there. That's funny. She was in the shot. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was yeah. too funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's all time travel. Yeah, <laughs> that's the fifth it's season. Valen sent her. Um, <laughs> that is Valen. Uh, <laughs> uh, so after a speech, Sheridan basically does what he agreed to do resigns and then i was okay at me just skipping that speech <laughs> i'm just like I don't it's, a, it's all good <laughs> yeah Jakar. i'm sure he practiced it several hundred times it's a car speaks he talks about how humans forms com- humans form communities which we heard delin say once uh, he says they dissolved the league and formed a new alliance and they will recognize a common authority did y'all think Delin was the authority when she got up to speak? <laughs> I was thinking, like, she, I don't know, had the power from Valen or something. I don't even know <laughs> in Valen's name. But I really liked Jakar's speech the him. best. It was the shortest and most exactly, concise. Yeah. <laughs> there was every, bit of, every chance they might have meant the authority from True Blood. <laughs> Wasn't there an authority? Cross, the, random uh, crossover. No one else watches True Blood. Okay, I know. Uh, maybe the first couple seasons. There's also the authority in the um, yeah, what's it? it, it yeah, Philip Pullman's yeah. uh, oh, Dark yeah. Materials. Dark Materials. Yeah. Okay. That's where my mind went. <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah, we have now the introduction of the Interstellar Alliance. Yes, and central to this will be the Rangers, and the Rangers put on a display with the White Star Fleet. Uh, they come in peace with all these ships. Wow, yeah, yeah, that was interesting. Earth's defenses are down. All of these warships, a couple of days after we came to Earth with a load of war fleets to take down Sheridan, here's another fleet. They come in peace, don't worry, don't worry. I have yeah, they it okay. They're just gonna, yeah, it's okay. They're just gonna make sure that you're not fighting. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I have two comments about this. One, it was refreshing to have Delenn give a speech that did not involve something that happened a thousand years ago. <laughs> and two, during that that speech, and when we see all of the Ranger ships come through, I couldn't help think back to the early '80s. Uh, song star trekking which has the line we come in peace shoot to kill shoot to kill shoot to kill despite that it is a nice shot of the white stars going over earth dome yeah yes, yes. It is. too much on earth and that was really yeah. nice um of course so, you yeah, lost me at it was refreshing to have the lend give a speech <laughs> <laughs> They're going to protect the borders. They're going to, they won't show favoritism. They will create peace. So basically, they're kind of like Jedi. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Every every race can send people to join the Rangers, and Delenn invites Earth to join the Alliance. Which means, huh? which means we're going to have a Pac Raider. I thought this. I. We oh, could yes. yes. Um. So Marcus could have been a Jedi. Oh. It's mm. even worse. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Maybe we'll see him in Rogue One. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, he pretty much was a Jedi. It's true. Also, he's Aragorn, so you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember one time we got an email from somebody called Centauri Ranger. I can't remember if 
we ever see any Centauri Rangers on the show or not, but. But they were the one. Yeah. <laughs> they were the one. <laughs> so. But not the one. <laughs> not, not the one. The <laughs> Chinko says her offer, this offer is tempting. Uh, peace is a good, peace is just a concept. They want something more tangible. It's kind of cool seeing Mondo and Jakar talk to the Earth president, I guess. Um, Delin says that as a offering, we will show you how to create gravity on your ships without having to rotate your ships. That's pretty yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can get cool of Earth ships. And she, uh, yeah, Luchinko is going to have to negotiate with the new president because Delin, Jakar, and Londo are just the advisory board, and we see the new president. President Sheridan. At first, I thought he was just going to become a ranger. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, okay, maybe he's going to join the rangers when they said, you know, anybody could or whatever. It's a quick turnaround. He lost one job and got another one right right away. Yeah. Got to put that resume out there. Well, actually, no, the. The League of Non-Aligned Worlds voted on all of this before he actually resigned. So he left one job to, for a better job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or a more stressful job, maybe. It's just more stressful. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. On people or <laughs> Babylon 5 is a pretty tough job. Um, yeah. <laughs> you had to go into a couple wars and died. Mm-hmm. Died. Yeah. Married to Lynn. <laughs> His job's going to be the death of me. <laughs> um, it was. So, yeah, then um, after Sheridan leaves that room, he's reunited with his father. Oh, It was so Everybody nice to see him again. this slightly awkward. Disney. No, I yeah. loved it. Wow. His mom's in Minneapolis. But the thing is, uh, Delenn stops Sheridan. And he sees his father, and father's like, I hear you're going to be my new daughter-in-law. Like, did they, like, not speak to each other leading up to that? <laughs> Just the the well, no, no, they couldn't. Remember, um, in season three, just before they broke away, Sheridan basically had a call with his, his parents saying, I won't be able to talk to you for some time because of what's happening. And so, basically, Sheridan hasn't been in contact with his father since mid-season three. Yeah, I just mean Delenn and Papa Sheridan were in the hallway together. Like, did they not talk before then? Oh, I can see her not saying anything. Like, that seems like a (laughs) Delenn thing to let Sheridan tell him and stuff. Yeah, I could see She is good at keeping secrets, though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I totally get that. It's still great seeing the joy on her face when he says, you're going to be my daughter-in-law, and it's just, and I've got family again. She has this huge smile on her face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked it. I liked this whole scene. Oh, Delyn. She's talked about her father, right? Or and her mother, yeah. Her mother, okay. Her mother entered the tape. Into the temple when she was born, and her father died uh, when she was still fairly young. Mm. Um, so on ISN, we see that Earth has joined the alliance. Uh, but yeah, Papa Sheridan did find out that his son's going to be president. Um, but yeah, Luchinko is going to sign a 
executive order declaring Mars free, but it has to be oh, ratified by the Senate. Well, she says that after Sheridan says, "Oh, I'm being part of this alliance. Mars is free." So uh, that catches the taken off guard, and so it's again using the press to make sure something actually go happens. <laughs> yeah. So Mars yeah. does get again. That begs. Yay! But what are they going to do for trade? Is my question, as always. I they don't think they thought this through. What natural resources does Mars have that people use? I want to know. Pharmaceuticals, yeah, at least. Edgar yeah. Garibaldi was the fifth largest pharmaceutical company on the planet. They've got to have other. You mean Edgar's Industries, which will become Edgar Garibaldi's Industries? Yes. I can't imagine that he must have gotten money through other means, because, um, I don't know, it just it just seems odd that Mars is going to be its own country. Yeah, well, yeah, its own signatory to the Interstellar Alliance. And plus, like, how many people could possibly live on Mars, you know, compared to how many people live on other planets? Like, I wonder yeah. if they're, like, going to divvy up the weight of a vote. But anyway, it doesn't matter at this point, but I'm just curious. I don't think we've ever heard how many people live on Mars. We haven't, no, not 27. really. 27. 27, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Equal vote. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 42, maybe. Um, God, I wonder how many people live on Earth and, and this time. God. Yeah. Uh, well, after the earth War, not as many as today, probably. <laughs> but the Minbari didn't destroy Earth, did they? No, no they... but they... All but well, we were all but extinct when the Battle of the Line happened. Well, huh? it, it, uh, no, all our colonies apart from Earth and Mars were lost. Uh, uh, basically, uh, the Battle of the Line, it was all our warriors we could muster, and the rest of humanity on the. Remember, it wasn't Mitch. It wasn't that a lot of people on Earth were killed. It's just all of our colonies were wiped out and probably a lot of people signed up to fight. But I don't think we lost as many people as you think we lost. It was just financially and structurally devastating for us. That is true. Well, yeah. And socially devastating as well, but not in terms of our population. So on Mars, Garibaldi and Lise were watching ISN. He's in no hurry about deciding where to go back. To move work. on, move on. <laughs> okay, but the, he mentioned marriage. Because yeah. he said people are going to think I married you for your money. Mm. Mm, I, guess there I was like, how much time has passed? I'm very confused. I guess there is, she's thinking way ahead. I don't think that they're married at this point. I don't know. I know, and I'm not saying that they were married, but she yeah. just lost her husband. It just seems odd that they're talking about marriage. I think it's a little... Be with him. It's ambiguous in the episode. Mm. Also, I don't know if what she whispered to him was supposed to be, like, like you were supposed to be able to hear it, but you can. And it, it, it's like his reaction was a little... Uh, extreme for what she actually said, which I think was like, <laughs> I can tell you something. Yeah, that clearly was meant to be something else whispered. <laughs> and it was actually but, written on the screen, too. Like, I could tell you something, you could hear it and read it on the screen. But could yeah, we see but, where both of her hands were? 
<laughs> but I think also, you know, the um, subtitles on here were made from people who were doing the DVD who yeah, they just put, heard it. They, they weren't putting mm-hmm. much care into what they were doing. So she could use some help running Edgar's industry. So then we're back to ISN. And his last move, one of his last moves is part of Earth Force. He promoted Ivanova to captain. <laughs> <laughs> and she, because of personal reasons, she asked for a transfer. She's going to spend a year on a shakedown cruise of this new Warlock class cruiser. What is a shakedown cruise? Uh, the, my impression it's- is... It's fresh off the assembly line. That's what I thought. You know, oh. make sure this ship works. Yeah, breaking it in, making sure it work, everything works. It's going to spend a year doing that. I think the, uh, what does it say? Check down cruise is a nautical term in which the performance of a ship is tested. Basically, what you just said. Um, Do you want to break this one to the will? I'm so, oh, uh, just a minute. <laughs> um, Wait, what? Uh, it's. So Sheridan and Delin left for Babylon 5? No, no, Will, because we might as well mention it now as we're seeing this about Ivanova. Okay. Don't you dare. So, dun, dun, so we know dun. that the show got canceled and rescued from cancellation by TNT. TNT. They had to go back and re-sign everyone to new contracts, but there was one person who they weren't able to re-sign to come back for season five, and that was Claudia Christian as Ivanova. Are you effing serious? Uh, we're serious. not. Uh, we're, we are serious. We're not playing on this one. What? So, Ivanova yeah, and Marcus are gone, and Clarence is who knows? And we're left yes. with Delenn and Sheridan? <laughs> and others. Okay. Yeah, maybe so maybe Beth. To be worse, we could have lost a, a lot more. Frankly. Hey Beth, maybe maybe this should uh, be the series finale. Going <laughs> <laughs> to stop here now. Uh, <laughs> no it's, it's basically why we've got this slide of dialogue here that she wants to uh, um, have the shakedown cruise because it was written there to give a reason why. Ivanova's not on the show anymore. Actually, uh. I think it was this was before she, they knew she wasn't coming back. I, I don't, I nope. Think they actually... Nope. It was filmed. There was no Warlock class destroyer when it was filmed. And that's why Maggie as Jane speaks so quickly because they had one shot that they used from another episode of her staring out into space. And so she had to fit all of that dialogue into those few seconds about the, uh, I have to figure out where my heart lies and all that kind of good stuff. Um, so that was added on during the filming of season five. Hmm. This is horrible. <laughs> this is why they should, a show should always get an actual end date and then stick to it. <laughs> <laughs> and you oh, don't go too long you don't end prematurely oh my word um, you, you're going to hate me for saying this next bit as well because JMS has since said that if he had known that Ivanova Claudia Christensen was going to leave he we're might have he might have killed her and kept Marcus alive <gasps> oh burn ah! 
Un- well, I mean, I get that because then he could have continued. Um, well, yeah, the totally. Show. Yeah, but as it is, so, we lose both of them. Uh, I remember oh. knowing going into season five that she wasn't coming back, but I didn't know. And what JMS was saying that she, you know, she's a bigger star. She wanted more money, but she was saying, no, that's not the case. I wanted time off to do a movie. And then I read this long yesterday. I read this long string of posts from back in the day where basically I get impression that she wanted time off to do a movie and some of the producers and Warner Brothers people were kind of dicks to her. They were like, you know, find another job. We can fire you. But she she just wanted four episodes fewer. And JMS said, you know, I can do what I do for everybody else. I can make an effort to write you out, but I can't. You can't renegotiate your contract and all that. But, you know. Well, she, she wasn't said, even no, I- in that many episodes in season i mean she was in them but she wasn't like the main focus of that many episodes in season four so Mm -hmm. i got the impression that jms maybe thinks that she just kind of wanted to leave and just maybe dicking around but she said she wanted to be back she was doing promotional work for season five but he's saying over in europe fairly something went down like in july and this episode aired that we just watched aired in October, so it was known for a while. But apparently, something happened in Europe where they were trying to get everybody re-signed, and cast members and JMS were trying to urge her to re-sign because she had a deadline, but you know she didn't commit to it. And you know, it's a lot of back and forth where both sides were making claims, like she claims that they wanted her to give up residuals, and JMS said that's not true, and blah blah blah. Hmm. They they have made up since then. Yeah. Everyone is oh, happy definitely. these days. Yeah, the same when Talia left. It seems like over time things have softened and everybody's happy with each other. She mm-hmm. still can't act. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I hope they do replace her with another good female character. Yeah. And she did say that she was hoping. She said, yeah, you know, at the time I probably won't let me call them. They have to call me, but I do hope that I can show up. You know, like a movie or or episode or something like that. So we'll see. <sighs> so it just uh, made me. I remember being so disappointed because it's like when Terry Farrell left Deep Space Nine with one season left to go. She's she was my favorite character on that show. Like Ivanova is my favorite on this show. I mean, why couldn't Buster have not come back? <laughs> <laughs> Can we just have uh, Volando and Jakar show now then? Because. <laughs> that's where i want this to go have you discussed the alternate londo and jakar story i i brought uh what the um the prank londo and jakar story are that jms wrote uh wrote it last week oh yeah okay okay yeah you may have conquered my world Hilary, but you haven't conquered (laughs) my heart Yet. <laughs> Yet. It's really sad watching this knowing Bonova. Mm, yeah. Yeah, now it is. Um, yeah. You, you make it. Okay. I'm going to spoil things for you, ladies. They're making it sound like you're never going to see her again. There are movies that were filmed immediately after season four, including Third Space and In the Beginning, where she's still there. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you will worry, see. Uh, you will see in those, her again. In those stories, yeah. Mm, good. Okay. 
So, Ian, you said your first episode you ever watched was the next one. So you never, you didn't start watching with Ivanova. Oh, um, no. Mm-hmm. No. Interesting. It is a shame because as soon as I saw her, almost immediately fell in love with her. Because she's awesome. Mm-hmm. So the next episode aired like the following week after this one, right? So it was like right. the, okay. It wasn't like it there was, was some weird this- break. Yeah, it was filmed as part of season five because they had to ru- they had to rush and get it out there. So you won't see Ivanova in the credits because <laughs> they couldn't have her in there. They'd have to pay or something like that. Uh-huh. So they had to replace mm. her. Are we allowed to watch the credits for this next episode? Is that the only yeah, thing they change? Yes, spoiler. Okay. Yeah, they just put a ship in her place. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think that's what happened. <laughs> you see a shot of a ship going through, you know. Interesting. <laughs> I didn't mean to make it sound. <laughs> yeah, they just replaced her with a ship. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> so Sheridan and Delin. So yeah, I think that was the last major secret that I wouldn't have wanted spoiled for <laughs> at a time. Since we're there now. Yeah, with that now, you had to know. It, it, it wasn't right leading you on into season five thinking you'd be seeing Ivanova again. Well, we were right that she didn't die, but <laughs> that's yeah. uh, no small uh, consolation. So I think uh, the idea with the shakedown cruise was that she was supposed to be taking time to think about whether she wanted to be in command of Babylon 5. Yeah, so she left, became captain, and then, bye! <laughs> so, yeah, Delenn and Sheridan supposedly got married on a white star, and the Alliance is going to operate from B5 until they get headquarters on Minbar. I wonder if it was... Sorry, I wonder if it was that same ceremony where uh, where Delenn and Sinclair got married in season one. <laughs> From the sounds of it, it was a human um, style ceremony, this one. They, <laughs> oh, had, okay. they had confetti and they had rice. So. They had rice, yeah. Which it was a merging of the two cultures. I guess there's no birds on uh, Babylon 5, so not to worry about rice. Dubs. Well, you know, okay, we have them in the podcast. Oh, yeah, that's right. You don't throw rice anymore because of the birds. Now you throw bird seed. Or bubbles. I like bubbles. Yeah, bubbles or whatever. Yeah. Confetti. So the they had no rice on Babylon 5? Jakar seems to know an awful not. lot about Earth culture, but rice is you would think that You would think that rice would be something that would be easily transportable and... Uh, uh, especially because um, Jakar's learned about meatballs. Right. It's interesting what they know about and what they don't. Yeah. It was a good conversation, anyway. Yeah, Lando... <laughs> So Jakar is having a peek in on what's going on. In oh, my God. Now, uh, <laughs> who wants to see their friends having sex, first of all? <laughs> right. Second of it's all, if your friends J- are Sheridan and Delenn, you really don't want to see them having sex. <laughs> it's Jakar. He's a horn dog. He has oh. been since day one. <laughs> Literally remember, since the beginning. Remember in uh, the first series, where, uh, in the last episode of the first series, three women come out of Jakar's quarters? But yeah, yeah, okay, but this is blatantly bad. Like this is a this is terrible. And what if and then and then um, they're gonna see the eye at some point. View. They're gonna find the eye and they're gonna go. Wait a minute, why is Jakar's yeah. eye here? I know oh, that Jakar, you rascal. <laughs> Although yeah, I don't, hilarious. 
What a yeah, joke. although I don't think anything can happen on those um, beds that kind of are at an angle. He's <laughs> uh, just <laughs> the way um, Sheridan was kind of trying to prop himself up and sliding down and propping himself back up. That was an angled bed. <laughs> it was, yeah. Oh, did it have? Well, you can't put the um, no friction sheets on there. That's for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. We don't want to be reminded of those. Um, uh, it's yeah. On the, on the, uh, yeah, so there's a closing voiceover by Delin, and she talks about some of the challenges over the next 20 years, the Drock War, uh, the Telepath War. Yeah, yeah, dropping hints about things. But she's yeah, talking about yeah. it like it already happened. Yeah. Yeah, she's, okay. she's, yeah, she's speaking in the future. It was the year, end of the year 2261. But the Alliance endured because what did she say about, uh, uh, yeah it is a quote uh, <laughs> mate, yeah. I might get to it but I might not and but, that was the end of the episode yeah and can't almost the end of the season penultimate episode but everything's wrapped up um yeah Bill Blair was in this episode <laughs> hey Bill um, Blair yeah she was it was a shot of Claudia at the end from another episode. No, it's a new shot. She was shot for that episode for that voiceover. We just changed one line. Yeah, the basic thrust was that she was going to take some time to decide to whether or not to take B5. So we just went with the decision. No, she was trying to decide whether to take on B5 or take a ship. And she took the ship. Mm. Mm. Is there anything else interesting? No, he does list some hints about what season five could be about. We also skip those. <laughs> I think so because we're gonna have. Um, are we gonna skip predictions? Apart, well, no, yeah, not not. I think no, no. I should rather say our predictions for this week later on when you make them should only be for next week's episode because then when we do our season wrap up, you can do a proper season five predictions. <laughs> You're going to love the my prediction should, <laughs> should be for what they were going to air. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> what they were going to air. So, so, so. Um, um, yeah, so do we have any quotes? We always have quotes. Always. Okay, I'll go first. Jane, ISN anchor. Captain Ivanova has asked for and received a transfer to one of the new Warlock-class destroyers for a one-year shakedown cruise. I'm going to go with uh, Londo. Stop eating that. You don't even know what it is, Jakar. Something <laughs> called rice. Londo. Yes. And if it was any good, do you think they would have been standing there throwing it at people? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I have one from the Earth President, the new Earth President. Um, don't make the mistake of assuming this is a conversation. It isn't. I really like that line. And I've got her earlier line, which I, I still like, no matter how how it was pronounced. It's, well, Captain, you caused quite a stir. Half of the Air Force wants to give you a kiss on the cheek and the Medal of Honor, and the other half wants you taken out and shot. As a politician, you learn how to compromise, which by all rights means I should give you the Medal of Honor and then have you shot. 
Did you do the one that was the end of the Earth year 2261? Um, nope. Uh, well, I was only going to go with the end of it, but if you want to do the full. Oh. Because mm. all I've got is the last okay. bit of it. I'll just skip to the end. The alliance, the new alliance would waver and crack, but in the end it would hold because what is built endures and what is loved endures. And Babylon 5. <laughs> Babylon, Babylon 5 endures. Sorry, I thought we were going to do that bit together. Oh, <laughs> I was pausing the way she did. <laughs> no. I was trying Very to. Very dramatic. <laughs> um, I have one more. It's Delenn talking about Marcus. He followed the path of his heart. How many can say that? I've got a two, or two for one. Londo, Jakar, you are a depressing person. Jakar, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I have Ivanova. <clears throat> Ivanova. At least I should have boffed him just once. <laughs> yeah. Oh, can you oh, imagine no. this on HBO? <laughs> <laughs> okay, and the completely inappropriate uh, quote Jakar, the artificial eye that Dr. Franklin gave you, where is it? <laughs> I've got another one from Jakar. You did not make history. You can only hope to survive it. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that. Uh, oh, that's a very non viewable thing, so kind of very Russian as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I had a lot of good lines in it. Um, it's almost like they were wrapping up the series or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, do we have... Oh, who's our human of the week? I'm going to go with President Luchenko. I like President Luchenko as well. Um, it has to either be Ivanova or... It has to be Ivanova. Marcus was dead. Ivanova. <laughs> Final episode. <laughs> I have to give it to her. Yeah, I know. She didn't really she do a much. Really good scene. She did. That, that she did much better acting really job than the president. It was a brilliant oh, yeah. scene. It really was a brilliant scene. They're both Russian. Um, I find I want to go Will <laughs> be careful. Lavanova. <laughs> 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 Thank you. <laughs> I'm shipping Luchinko and Lavanova. <laughs> 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 um. Alien of the week. Oh, this can uh, only for me. This can only be a tie. Londo and Jakar. They are a double act this week. They kind of are. I don't know. I don't uh, like the. I don't. I did not like the eye and the thing. That was just really <laughs> inappropriate. Before uh, we get to that bit, though, they are a great double act. And then you've got oh. Even though it's all been lineage, kind of grieving, kind of well, and it's just basically one scene, and then uh, it's difficult this week. Yeah. They, they, none of them were on screen for that much, but they did kind of do important stuff. Okay, yeah. scratching out Lanier. I'm eliminating Dylan. Uh huh. Yeah, on principle for me. 
Um, <laughs> let's let's we can give it to Londo because Jakar's the one that actually put his eye in the. Room. Yeah, I say Londo's good. Uh, and Londo got made emperor this week as well. So. That's true. Oh, yeah. Over Lando. All right. Okay. Ratings. <laughs> Mitch, start us out, please. I'm going to go 10 out of 10 unrequited loves. Oh. <laughs> There's 10 of them. How about you, Heidi? Um. I think. I don't know. I don't know that I can go. 10 like I really liked it but there were still some faults with it that I can pick out so I think I'm gonna go 9.5 out of 10 um uh, 9.5 out of 10 uh penultimate episodes (laughs) how about you Beth yeah, I agree. It's not like there was a lot of speeches, um, which they were pretty well written for the most part, but it does kind of tend to drag a little bit on rewatch. Um, uh, and I have to take at least a point off for the episode making me think about Buster having sex. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to go with nine out of ten. Hastily made signs to put on a dead body. To <laughs> <laughs> say, Ian. Yeah, I I enjoyed the episode. Amanda's grieving scene is brilliant. Uh, it's it's really moving. It, it is a speech in its own right, but it it's an emotional one, and we do get other speeches. Um, yeah, and there's a couple of awkward things in this episode, but overall, it's a really nice way to start to resolve the season. So, I'm gonna have to give it nine out of ten boffs. Nine out of ten boffs. Nine, okay, okay, nine out of ten boffs. Yeah, I really enjoyed the episode. I would take off a quarter of a point. <laughs> Because I thought Luchinka was a little mean to Sheridan, <laughs> even though she probably has a right to be. And another quarter of a point because speeches went a little too long. So I'll give it nine and a half out of ten detachable eyes. So that's a 9.4 for the episode. One of the highest of the season. And we're like a hundredth of a point under our, for the season, under the season three total. So. Maybe next week we can beat it. Who knows? <laughs> We're what now? How how much behind? We're like one hundredth of a point behind season three, <laughs> season total. <laughs> oh, the average. Yeah, for the season. What has been the highest rated episode this season? That would be Into the Fire. I think. Yeah, Into the Fire is the highest. The lowest is whatever happened to Mister Garibaldi. <laughs> Because it didn't answer the question. (laughs) But you did get an answer eventually. Yes, but that doesn't help the episode rating. (laughs) That's true. So, 
<laughs> such a feedback later. I got nothing. <laughs> um, I'm brain dead. This is my like second podcast today. So well, where should we head to be back, lads? How should we head there? We should head there by Warlock Class Destroyer. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a Warlock Class Destroyer to. So we can stay there. with Avada for a little bit longer. Yes. <laughs> uh, just you wait until we talk about some of the novels. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, oh yeah, and one good reason to talk about Claudia Christian leaving now is I don't have to edit some of the feedback we got. <laughs> it's all in there. Um, Do you have links to the feedback? Yeah, yeah, I, I, we'll post it in Skype. Sorry. <laughs> First, we have a comment from Vord99. I will read that one. Vord says, I can't resist mentioning that this episode is, for me, distinguished by containing the single worst guest performance in all of Babylon 5. I'm afraid the actor who plays the Russian politician who replaces Clark. Maybe it's just that she was asked to do the accent and she is great in other things, but I find her terribly wooden and unconvincing in this. I think that's a real accent. Um... Aside from that, I've said that I find that the circumstances which led JMS to accelerate the pace in season four mean that I find this season more like today's television, and therefore it might be the season I most enjoy. But Rising Star is where it ceases to work, at least for me. This is horribly hurried. The complicated diplomatic business of setting up the Interstellar, Interstellar Alliance happens far too neatly, all in the same name of a happy ending that it turns out that the show didn't need. Obviously, it's not JMS's fault, but it's a shame, nevertheless. Thank you, Vord. Yeah, it's always kind of awkward when they don't know, you know, and they have to kind of wrap it up, and then you're like, well, what are they going to do now? You know? Mm. They can explain it away, saying that, you know, he he did say they've been nudging them along all this time. Yeah, yeah, they kind of have. And we can... We don't know how long they're in hyperspace negotiating before they agree to everything. Uh, next is an email from Anka. Do you want to take that? Yeah, I can take that one. Hi, down below team. Long time, no review. Except for the little guesting appearance I did two episodes ago, there hasn't been much for me lately. I'm very sorry, but I am finally able to keep up with the podcast again, at least for a little while. Here's my review for the last two episodes, Endgame and Rising Star. Beware, it's going to be long. Hmm. Endgame. It's fast-paced, it's epic, it's cool CGI effects. Also, nice acting by Sheridan and by guest star J. Patrick McCormick, who played General Lefcourt. Garibaldi is back in the game, too. Well, maybe a little too quickly for my taste, but I guess they wanted to reestablish him as the good guy. We all knew he was not the bad guy after all. We knew something was wrong about all that. But having him back just so with just so with the quick it's true from Lita in the last episode just feels like they're missing out on drama. Well, they have enough drama in form of Ivanova. I love the scene between Lanier and Marcus. I may not like Marcus all the time, but seeing him fight against all odds is just really well made. And be honest, Lanier, you would have gone up the walls already if it had been Delenn. So Marcus is actually keeping a cool head for the most part. 
For the rest, I said already, I like the acting. Sheridan is so cool with his beard and speeches. And his beard. (laughs) Did I mention his beard? (laughs) Please keep it. The fight on Mars. Well, there wasn't really a fight. was quite nicely resolved. I liked how Franklin explains how they use the telepaths, and I agree with him. They fight for themselves, and Sheridan always seems to have an ace up his sleeve. General of Court should have seen that coming. However, it was way too easy to get those huge packages up to the destroyers. Is there no cargo checking at all anymore? Or did they buy every single person in the logistic department of 30 Earth Force destroyers? Here are some thoughts I had while watching the episode. Of course Lita is allowed to go outside when a White Star is supposed to arrive in a few minutes to bomb this place to the Mars Stone Age. Good that she ducked down, at least. I know we have this concept of UTC, Coordinated Universal Time, but in Babylon 5, Earth has Earth Standard Time, EST. How does that work? No clue. Will, Ian, Mitch. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Earth Standard Time? I think yeah. it's just taking was... one time from Earth and using it aboard Babylon 5 to, to have them on cycle with Earth Standard Time. And since Earth yeah. Standard Time is Greenwich Time... Then yeah. the oh, I'm not sure. headquarters it, or something. Standard time, Earth Standard Time is considered whatever the time is in Geneva. Right. I was so I was going to say, yeah. so wherever the headquarters is, is close enough to Greenwich or whatever anyway. Okay, so it's, Geneva. It's, it's ahead of, of well, Greenwich, I said close so. enough, but but fine. It's Geneva. But anyways, that's pretty pretty easy to figure out right so they just use yeah. whatever time is there and then they use it for the ships for all the ships because they don't have daylight and all that right and probably yeah. also a 24 hour day where uh other races other planets may have different uh timing because of their suns or moons or you know whatever yeah, yeah. so they're always up when when geneva is up yeah um, on their day yeah. Okay. I wasn't impressed with the ISN reporter breaking down on camera. I like the actress and her performance. It was just not well written. Would they put a reporter like that up there to announce the most important news? No. What do you mean a reporter like that? Like reporters have cried on the air before. She's <laughs> yeah. just been imprisoned for a year, tortured on a daily basis. <laughs> she has literally been taken from a cell and put in front of a camera. She's had friends of hers. She's seen friends of hers executed. Yeah, didn't uh, Walter Cronkite or somebody cry when they they announced JFK dying? I mean, there's some famous um, uh, examples of very well known announcers crying on the air. So I don't just see the problem. Her, just imagine her being dragged from the cell, and being plumped in front of a TV camera. <laughs> nope. Like here you go, nasty. You got your job back. Um, all in all, a great episode, and the fight at the end was quite dramatic. I like how LaCourt comes to save the day and basically comes around to the good side. He was never really the bad guy anyway. Eventually, I am not sure how I feel about Marcus leaving the fight and about his sacrifice. I give it 9 out of 10 latitudes and longitudes. Only negative point is the whole revelation around the Clark story, but I'll talk about this a little more in a minute. Uh, quote... Of course, to tell you the truth, I always admired him, and now I have to kill him. 
Um, human Sheridan finally giving one of his best speeches, and he is growing a beard. <laughs> no kidding, I I hadn't heard about that beard. Um, alien. <laughs> I guess Lanier for trying to keep the device secret, but it's basically written all over his face. Yeah, I know, Lanier. <laughs> yeah. Now on to Rising Star. It feels like an ending episode, and you probably have talked about how season four was planned to be the last of it, and the show would not be renewed when those episodes were put together. It is great as an ending episode, but it also felt a bit rushed, the whole war story. That's how we feel about all these sort of battle ends, too. No kidding. They all feel rushed when they when they wrap up. Yeah. Um, what I didn't like for the past few episodes, and it is so much stronger now, is that I was missing the bad guy for the most part. Clark was never really present and always only really a concept over the past seasons. He was far, far away, and his bad guys, Nightwatch, etc., who the show tried to establish were always just really awful people that I can't really believe in this being a huge, big revolution for the sake of mankind. It falls so far away. Mars. Yes. Mars did feel a little more like war. Again, no one really got to see the resistance in their underground hiding. Everything else is shown on TV and stories being told. Clark is basically Voldemort who never shows up. <laughs> <laughs> And in Harry Potter, at least Voldemort and Harry had a little fight in a cemetery, and then it got real. But then again, Clark is supposed to be a dictator, so others do the dirty work for him. But in the end, he sits alone in a shabby office and shoots himself in the head after settling an attack on Earth from his desk. <laughs> that just feels so not right that I can't believe in that. And of course, a number of people are on the way to arrest him. No fights, no troops around. No troops around him that stand beside him or believe in his agenda anymore. He's alone and the good guy's on the way. It just doesn't feel right. Anyways, Rising Star happens after all of that, but the first shot is of Clark's corpse and a stupid piece of paper around his neck. Really? <laughs> yeah. This is what the media shows? <laughs> they get this close to all of what's happening in his office. It feels like everyone is quickly jumping on the good guy bandwagon and all is given. And they put a new, very young interim president in charge who stiffly explains the situation. She's the new face of Earth. Really? <laughs> in this moment and later, she feels more like a voice for others than an actual presidential candidate. Luckily, we get another one, and I am happy this happened. Again, my Sheridan love begins to grow far beyond his beard. <laughs> Sheridan's Jakar and Dylan's speeches at the press conference are so much better than what spokesperson i mean president lachenko delivered with her speech she's okay during her private talk with sheridan though so not all is bad about her but i just don't buy her as the new face of earth also if only interim here are some thoughts from my rewatch londo and jakar are friends yeah such a sad scene with susan and franklin and it's sweet how franklin nearly loses it and then they hug i know you guys made franklin a perv <laughs> Not here. We didn't even say that. Uh, mm -hmm. You said it yourself. And he was never my favorite character. But the last few episodes, I found his character really strong. They work with one page. Well, one page. I'd like to oh, point out that we didn't make Franklin a perv. That's right. He did that <laughs> himself. <laughs> they work with one page flyer like printouts when they want to present a new idea of an interstellar alliance to the other ambassadors. How sweet. Rolls oh, no, 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 no. What we didn't see is the 50-minute slideshow presentation from Delenn. 
That's right. There was a PowerPoint involved. Yeah. We cut away before all of that happened for once. Yeah. Um, the Garibaldi stuff feels redundant. <laughs> yeah. It's just filler. What happened to Mr. Garibaldi? He has no storyline. That's what happened. <laughs> um, all love is unrequited. I know you guys probably didn't like what Delenn did in this scene. It was certainly the wrong gesture for Lanier. Wow, you know us, Anka. Um, <laughs> but if we are honest, she loves Lanier in a fashion. There are many ways of love, but it's not healthy for him, of course. Yeah. Uh, John's dad. Oh, what a sweet scene. Sheridan has his dad back. Oh, my heart melts. Everyone messes up Ivanova's name in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, they really do know you. It's, oh, it's so true. Jakar is the real perv of the show. Thank you. That's true, too. And, oh, well, no wedding scenes for us. That's okay. We've already seen one of those. Oh, that's, that was, like, the best part of the episode. But we now it's done. Do it. Now life can go on without any rituals, hopefully. Oh, no. I'm sure there will be rituals. Uh, my favorite quote is this one. Because what is built indoors, what is loved indoors. And Babylon 5, Babylon 5 indoors. And see, Delenn is right. We still talk about it 20 plus years later. And people make podcasts about it. Nice ending speech. If this was the end. Okay, I give this episode 8.5 out of 10 Sheridan for President signs I'd put up in my front yard. Favorite human? Sheridan or his dad? Sheridan or his dad? I give it to his dad. His one real appearance. Alien, Delenn. I like her speech and that she is bold enough to let the White Star fleet fly over the EarthGov setter. Let's show our weapons again, shall we? Those crazy Mimbari Anka <laughs> shakes head. Greetings, Anka. Oh, thanks, Anka. Thanks, Anka. Yeah, thanks, Anka. I just deleted part of Derek's. Uh, we next email is from Derek. I just deleted part of it because it talks about some stuff that happens in the novels. Do we want to talk about that now, Ian, or save it for season five? Um, basically the Ivanova. I don't know what part of the novel, because uh, I don't know everything from the novel, so I don't know whether you want to go into it, because I don't know what it yeah. is. Um, There's, Mitch, do you know? <laughs> which novel specifically that... Because of the numbered oh, novels one through nine, none of them take place it, at season five or later. Of uh, the trilogies, um, there's only one that takes place during season five, and that's in the Centauri Prime trilogy. Has nothing to do with Susan, so I, I don't know what it would be that would be spoiling anything, unless he's talking about a novel that Claudia co-wrote. That's Red Fury Squadron, I think it's called, and apparently it's not very well done uh, from the people that have described know. it. I don't know if it's canon or not, but basically, it's not that okay. It, it's, it's a fanfic of... that she wrote and put out on her website. Okay, uh. but the whole story about what happens with Ivanova and Marcus is just so effing crazy that. <laughs> it's um oh. i've heard about it i haven't read it oh yeah that's what that, i'm talking about okay yeah that has nothing to do with what i was talking about okay. there are six short stories that have been published they are canon four of them were written by jms two were written by other people that had written for the series and 
what happens, what he's describing. I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's up to you whether you want to bring that in. Uh, it doesn't actually spoil anything for the rest of the series. It is very divisive. Half the fans absolutely love it and think it's the greatest thing ever. Half of the fans think it's the worst thing that has ever happened and totally destroys things. So, okay, so now I have to say what it is since we just did all this time. We just spent all this time talking about it. You see, so I, I don't I know about this myself. Okay. But what I do know is not, I don't know the whole story, but I do know is that Ivanova basically kept Marcus and Cryo hoping that one day they'd be able to find the technology to unfreeze them. And many, many years in the future, they come across the alien race that built that healing machine it's, after, long after Ivanova is dead. It's not the race. It's archaeologists oh. find that planet. And they find oh, that's an, what I'm, I'm just what I meant. Yeah, they find the remains of that civilization. They find another and device they, that's just like it. It's like 300 years after everyone we knew is dead. So it's way off yeah. in the future. Go ahead. So, yeah, so they bring Marcus back, and he just can't stand to be without his Susan. So he has her cloned. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Lord. And Ivanova clone. <laughs> oh, my God. God. That, 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 that's not Marcus. That's not something Marcus would do. I know why people would yeah. that to it. Um... Uh wait, wait, wait! But a clone does he does he clone her from an infant? Okay, um, what what happened was they find with his body two strands of her hair. Oh gosh! And they use that to clone her. She has had her memories uh, saved on basically like a Minbari data crystal, for lack of a better term. Okay. That's and a little so, bit better. And no. so they recreate <laughs> and then age a clone of Susan to a point before when he died. So oh, the clone God. Susan never realizes that she's a clone. Doesn't know anything that no, happened. No, no, no. That's, Wait. That's no, where no. I would draw the line. What you should what they should have done is have at least clone it and then have the memories but have her full memories of up until just before she died of basically with the knowledge of I'm a clone, these are my memories. Nope. I uh, I am Susan but I'm not Nope. And he takes off with the clone Susan onto some alien planet that's way out there that no one will ever get to, wakes her up, and as far as she knows, she and he were off on an adventure in Season 4, crash-landed on there, there's no hope of anyone ever coming for them, so they're going to build a life with each other. No, 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 that's awful. That's not Marcus, I just, no. That's terrible. As I said, it is a divisive story. I would much rather have him just dead. <laughs> yeah, agreed. <laughs> no, but I mean, even if they did revive him, but not do the whole clone thing, because A, that's not how Marcus would cope with it, and B, it, it, the whole clone idea, and a clone that doesn't know they're a clone and aware of their own memories, and it, that, that, is, that is a violation <laughs> 
of an individual. Maybe being frozen for 300 years did something to his brain, or maybe, <laughs> maybe. everybody's dead, so who do I have to, you know, justify myself to? You, know, you see... Who's gonna know? If the, if, the, if the clones are where they're a clone, as it and actually consents to what's going on. That's fine. Does the clone have her latent telepathic ability? <laughs> it's not mentioned. Oh, that's not going to come up at all now. Dang it. Yeah, no, that's that's what, what I up? thought of, too. I was Ugh. like, dang it. No, no, no. Let, let's just forget this short story ever existed. So they they really like to uh, give people telepathic powers that never actually use them, don't they? Yes, they do. <laughs> so it is Some of them get used. To read Derek's email. <laughs> I'll read it. Okay. Sorry, I'll read the next one then. You read this, I'll be, read Melanie's and all okay. your answers. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my dearest ambassadors and Mitch. So it looks like Marcus went all the way back home to save someone, and then that someone becomes captain and leaves the station. And I'm sure you probably discussed this, but this is also Ivanova's possible goodbye to the series. So in recap, Marcus disobeys orders, possibly getting him fired from the Rangers, knocks a bunch of station personnel unconscious, never loses his virginity, then saves someone's life and or character who now leaves the show. Yes, Ivanova, the least you could have done was boffed him. Or, well, she was unconscious. <laughs> or kissed him. Or gotten him flowers. Or chewing gum. Or done anything nice for him. Ouch. I know JMS was pretty pissed, or at least annoyed, after Claudia Christensen decided to leave the show so late in the season, or even after the season ended, where he couldn't rewrite her off the show instead of Marcus. And something that's never mentioned on the show, I believe, but it was in the B5 novel... Oh, this is what you're talking about? Ivanova had Marcus yeah, frozen sure. instead of burying him, just in case one day they find a cure for death or start cloning or whatever. Oh, well, okay, that makes a little bit, it makes it a little bit better if it was her decision, like, to put him frozen in case cloning came up. It makes me a little bit... No, no frozen, but whether she intended the clone is a different matter, though. Well, he says in case one day they find a cure for death or start cloning. That's how it's interpreted. That's not how it actually ended. It was in case a cure is ever found. Okay. So he doesn't even get one of those proper space burials where they shoot you into a torpedo tube into the sun. No piece frozen next to a carton of Eggo waffles somewhere in the storage area of B5. Or maybe next to Bester's lover. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> On the bright side, however, perhaps Clarence got a promotion, or at least we see a little tiny bit more of him next season. Stay tuned. Oh, yeah, Clarence. He could get a promotion. Okay, on to the most... Un Wait, he would, like, be the commander or something. I mean, they probably don't do it that way, but... <laughs> okay, on to the most uncomfortable part of the show. Ivanova saying, all love is unrequited. First, it made for a very awkward scene for Delenn and Lanier blogger after he kind of left that quote hanging in the air dude find another woman <laughs> it's perfectly fine if you're into older women as apparently you are but don't fall in love with your teacher 
The only love triangle on this show involves Sheridan, Sinclair, and their shared wife, distant cousin Delenn. <laughs> As Zathras so clearly put it when they were all on Babylon 4, Sheridan, Sinclair, and Delenn are all the one. He never said Lanier was the one or even the two or the three. Let it go and go find a nice girl in a temple or anywhere else in the galaxy. Hey, interspecies marriages are just as cool or whatever consenting adults want is fine by me. The key word is consenting, Lanier. Look it up. Burn, Lanier. (laughs) If all love was unrequited, then we would be then we would be no babies or we would have no babies, I guess, since mommies and daddies couldn't mutually love one each other. Well, maybe a few babies that were um, accidents between two consenting non-loving adults, but nevertheless, nonetheless, there would be a lot less and cloning, I suppose, but that's it. Apparently Sheridan loves his dad and vice versa, but I'm not sure about his mom. She seemed kind of an afterthought to Sheridan. I love you, Dad. Hey, wasn't there usually one more person that hung out with us at home? I think her name was Mom. Oh, by the way, how is she? (laughs) (laughs) I know, I forgot he's... This next sentence as well is even better. (laughs) And let's not even bring up Sheridan's sister, who I suppose was a one-episode-only kind of person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. That's true. I'm not true. sure I even knew that his mom was still alive until this episode. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know if uh, I was Again, there. think of it. Sheldon's sister kills John. Johnny. What's it, what cute name is she going to give to Len? Lenny? Uh, <laughs> no. After all my rants, I still think this episode was more positive than negative. I give it six and a half out of ten. Really strange, really off Russian accents from the new president. Or if that is taken, six and a half out of ten, Ego Waffle sitting next to a frozen dead guy. Until next time and the season four ending episode, farewell to the best podcasters on the net. Derek. Thanks, Thanks Derek. Derek. Thanks, Derek. Funny as usual. Next is from Melanie. Oh, I'll take Melanie. Hi, down below. I haven't been able to keep up lately, so I'm sending you the highlights of the episodes <laughs> I missed. Feel free to skip ahead if it becomes too long. I think you'll be fine. Nirun is awesome. It's not as fun to watch Sheridan refusing to pay rent when you remember Lita's situation. V is back. Clarence is back. And then we don't see him again. Sorry the I did that. And Paul Veer is having nightmares about Cartagena. I saw he'll get more episodes when he was on Membar because Stephen First was working for another show. Great scenes between Lando and Jakar. Oh, and the start of the Civil War was good. Garibaldi and Edgars have a long trust exercise. The next episode, The Face of the Enemy, is a work of art. I have never hated Best of War, and I completely understand his motivations. The episode where Sheridan is interrogated is the best episode that I will only watch if it's the next episode in a rewatch. Human Sheridan Alien? No. (laughs) I've watched the next episode a few times just to see Garibaldi back to normal and how... And now I hope he's... I've learnt that it's also the episode with... Mumbai rule on ships, bustling Earth shadow ships, and the White Star fleet 
one under season of Harvest Command. It was also nice seeing the aliens agreeing to support the resistance again against Clark. I think it's the first time they all agreed on something. Quote, Veer, politics <clears throat> and morality on the same side. That doesn't happen every day. I don't remember what, who or when, but there was something on the podcast who gave Marcus and Ivanova until the end of season four. I couldn't say it then, but I thank you for getting me to think about the end of game. I was really glad that I wasn't a voice call since I didn't have much of a... I was really glad that I wasn't in a video call since I didn't really have much of a poker face. Just in in other news, the real ISN is back, and Sheridan gets to give a speech. And the second time when someone has got some favours from Sheridan, tries to destroy their own planet. Is is that always price tag, or are the shadows just that good at finding the crazy ones? And now my thoughts on Rising Star. As much as I like this episode, it feels rushed. The use of ISM was a clever way of getting the story wrapped up, and at the time he wrote this, JMS had to wrap up the show somehow. Much like Lando, I love the relationship he's developing with Jakar. Quite the turnaround from when they were in the elevator. And Londo is the Emperor. He looked like he had hoped that Lady Mariella was wrong. Sheridan is president of the new Interstellar Alliance. When he was on Babylon 5, he complained that he was getting turned into a politician. Oh, when he was new on Babylon 5, he was, he complained that he was getting turned into a politician. And that was to hear down the road. That was kind of prophetic. You're right. Rating eight. Bonus for Delane, Londo and Dakar as the advisory board. 0.510 final rating 8.510 misplaced eyes. Human of the week, President Sheridan. Alien. Future Emperor Via Cotto. And Delenn's quote, What is built endures, what is love endures, and Babylon 5, Babylon 5 endures. Thanks for giving a place for a Babylon 5 fans to discuss the show we love. Melanie, the Krakowian Via Pat. Thanks, Melanie. Uh, Thanks, thank Melanie. you, Melanie. Thank you. And uh, finally, we have an email from Yarsto. I'll take that uh, one. <laughs> Yarsto says, Greeting down below, casters. Here's my feedback for Rising Star. With the battle to save Earth last time, this episode has a tough act to follow. It's what happens in this episode. On B5, Ivanova has a bit of a breakdown because of Marcus's sacrifice. Franklin may or may not be the right person to provide counseling. On Mars, Garibaldi armed with Looney Tunes, with a Looney Tunes flashbang, a PPG, and a foul temper, and aided by some rangers, manages to rescue Lise from the Mars Mafia. <laughs> In space, Delin, Jakar, and Londo, along with the League of Non-Aligned Worlds, manage to get a treaty signed to create the Interstellar Alliance. On Earth, Sheridan spars with Bester, then resigns in exchange for amnesty for his crew, only to take up a new job assignment as president of the Interstellar Alliance. And somehow he finds time to marry Delenn. 
though he presumably still has roughly 45 Minbari ceremonies to go before that will be truly final. Yeah. Unusually for Babylon 5, as we near the end of the season, pretty much everything is wrapped up. This is the most obvious result of the fact that a fifth season wasn't expected to happen as the fourth was in production. Where do the ambassadors think the cliffhanger would have been if the season five had been certain? I'm assuming the command staff know. Yeah, we've already talked about that <laughs> um, at intersections in real time. Um, quotes, Sheridan, death, been there, done that. Londo, so how does it feel to make history, hmm? Jakar, you do not make history, girl. I hope to survive it. Favorite characters, human, Sheridan, alien, Dylan. Honorable missions, President Luchinko, Sheridan Sr., Londo, and Jakar. Episode rating. This is a tough one to give a rating for. It has the typical late season four problem of feeling like it should have been spread out over more than one episode, but I can't help but judge it, knowing why it had to be rushed. Eventual decision, 63 out of 70 frozen telepaths still on Babylon 5. <laughs> Yarsto from the Netherlands. Oh, thanks, Yarsto. Thanks, Yarsto. Thanks for all the good feedback, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Oh, yeah. Uh, so predictions. Do you want to do predictions for the finale since it'll be, I don't know. Um, because kinda... these predictions could go anywhere for the finale. <laughs> oh, what's the name of the episode? Let's just start with that. The name is The Deconstruction of Falling Stars. Oh, I like that title. <laughs> Yeah. And actually well, kind of hints towards something, given the fact that this episode was called Rising, Rising Star. Star. Right, yeah. Uh, um, well, I'm going to go with our restless theme, and I think that <laughs> we're going to get dream sequences uh, from <laughs> Jakar, Londo, Lanier, and I... I hate to put this one in there, but how about Franklin? Jeez, I want to. I want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, no, I can imagine. And we have to have some uh, running characters throughout all of their uh, all of their dreams, and I think it has to be the cheese pock marah. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who has not watched Buffy, please go and do that now, because otherwise. You have no clue what I'm talking about. Um, is this is that the death is your gift episode, or is that it, no? It that's, is, that's it's um that's where she goes. That's the one where she goes to the um yeah. Uh, that's that's takes a whatever she... and goes on her quest or whatever. That's the one with the uh, Buffy okay. bot. Yes, that's right. Intervention. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> no, there's just tons of hints in in restless uh, but the same care the first layer the first layer is the one restless. that is yeah, like okay. trying to kill them all in their dreams yeah um oh that's the one where we find no that's not the one we find out about faith that's in season two it's the one where um she says faith and i were just making this bed or something and yeah. and uh, uh whatever and something until dawn uh yeah, Tara says. Buff. Oh, yeah, that's what I meant, Don. Yeah, Don. <laughs> yeah, there's this. Uh, 
seven three zero or whatever the countdown. Well, to she has a dream. Everything. Yeah, but and, yeah. it, it's oh, that was his end of season three. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Let's that one wasn't Buffy season for. Three. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry. Let's talk about Buffy for an hour. <laughs> so, <was> my fault. <laughs> Sorry, we could talk about this all day, but uh, I think it's going to be like that. Although I know it's not, but I wish it would. Um, well, uh, so you said that this episode was supposed to be like the first episode of season five, kind of, or did I mishear that? Not the no. first episode of season five, but it was filmed uh, in the season five filming block, but it was done really quickly so they could screen it as the last episode of season four. But it was written as the last episode of season four. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it was. But they knew at the time that they, that they were making this episode that they were going on. Right. Okay. And maybe it's, I don't know that it would be a time jump, but maybe it's like a glimpse into the future or something. I do like that idea. Like there's like, like a time jump. Um. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't, I'm just going to be really boring and say, like, we, we start getting introduced to how the new um, authority or whatever the, what is it called? The thing is going to work. Um, Interstellar Alliance. Alliance. Interstellar Alliance, ISA. Um, call it the authority. <laughs> ISA, ISN. <laughs> IA. Um, and uh, we, we meet a new character that replaces Ivanova, I guess. Hmm. That's all I have. <laughs> well, season five. Yeah, I was thinking that maybe we should, after next week, we should take a break until we get caught up, give people a chance to send in last thoughts on season four before we do our wrap up mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. Just remember any predictions you have for season five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that's a good plan. Maybe well, just make a couple of notes of where you think things are going. I did just look it up, and I have a correction to make uh, something that I had said earlier. Beata Posniak, who played Lutenko, was not born in Russia. She was born in Poland. I but, she is, okay. but she is using her real accent. Okay. Well, if it was uh, the Russian Consortium, that might have included um, Poland anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, Mitch, thank you for joining us for this. <laughs> it's a great episode. The penultimate. Yeah. How many times can we say penultimate in one podcast? I love that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> well, you can only say it a chance. couple more times. Yeah. This is the penultimate yeah, episode of the penultimate season. Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like it's Inception. Like to, yeah. <laughs> How many different levels? Yeah, thanks, um, Mitch. Slash Jason. Whoever I am. <laughs> have merch like um, Trunks and what other guy? I oh, can't remember his name now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this Dragon Ball Z reference. Sorry. Um, so that is all we have for this week. Folks, we'll be back next time with the deconstruction of falling stars. But until then... Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye, Ivanova. Until next time.
look for us on the web in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Also, downbelowpodcast.com, facebook.com slash group slash downbelowpodcast, and twitter.com slash downbelowcast. <laughs>